across the, across the Mississippi River to develop the Western countries. They gave away, they gave away twenty, they gave away twenty uh, in twenty-four hours. They gave away over two million acres of free land. They gave every. They started railroad lines, eleven railroad lines. They gave them twenty-four million acres of free land, but blacks never got any land. So what we're gonna do now to play the game? Get play the game. Ask your question. We gotta go for resources. But the two things that are hurting us, we don't have any resources. Because they stole that. Second thing you don't have, they they stole your social cohesiveness. You mean for like unity and group operation? That's right. That's okay. Right. They did not allow you to play the game to be together, come together. That was a threat. It's intimidating. It's intimidating during slavery. It's intimidating right now. Black folks start talking about coming together. Because if you, I mean, from what you said, if you, if you got thirteen percent of whatever we're fighting over, they seem like it's not enough for everybody. That's right. Not enough. It's the survival of the fittest. Who is survival of the fittest and the strongest? And so and here's where that's where they make the biggest mistake. They took black folk, black folk and misled the wrong way. Put into social integration rather than trying to get the resources. They well, rather trying to get resources. Well, when Dr. King was pivoting to go get them resources, that's when they killed him. That's right. Yeah, but that's why did you hear that point? Say it again. Say when it. Dr. King was pivoting from civil rights and you know civil liberties to go get their money, that's when they killed him. He was organizing right. the poor people's campaign. That's right. Yeah. They killed him then because you know why? Because Martin Luther King, right before he got assassinated three months before that, you know what he said to the country? He said, I got to admit, he said, I think I made a big mistake. Yeah. He said, I think I've led black folk into a burning, burning building. Not burning building. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Because he says, there's no, you, you can, he said, you cannot have social integration unless you have economic integration. Mm-hmm. You cannot have economic integration unless you do what? Unless you redistribute some of these resources to the hands of black folk. And that's where they killed him. Yes, sir. His what, wing attorney loose. What do you think of Barack Obama being president? But Barack Obama is a joke. Barack Obama did a darn thing to black folk. Matter of fact, he hurt black folk in two ways. First of all, he had eight years to do stuff for black folk. But he carefully and judiciously involved and uh, judiciously involved avoided doing anything with black folk. And most of my white friends told me in politics, and I, and I was always the president governor, they said, hey, we would never have voted for Obama. We know black folk. He's gonna do something for black folk. We knew he would never do anything for black folk. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's the first thing he never did anything for black folk. But he, did, but he, he used that old thing that they did in uh, back in Philadelphia in 1789. He used very broad, ambiguous terms. I'm the, I'm the president of all the people. They got they, they say they like to say a rising tide lifts all boats. That's a stupid thing. Yeah, because the black, cause black people boat got a hole in it. That's right. It's in the bottom of the damn right. Yeah. They, but, but but black folk, well, if a rising tide would lift all boats, if a rising tide would lift all boats, why isn't all these immigrants coming here and building industries and businesses and blacks were slaves? Why, did, why didn't they rise? Because they were excluded. Black people are outside and underneath the system. You're outside and underneath the system. <clears throat> and so, 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 they, so and they don't let you come together. And, together. and how do they stop you from coming together since they wouldn't let you coalesce during slavery? They, they come up with this whole concept called social integration. Social integration is a divisive issue. It divides you. It doesn't pull you together. It's a weakening process. You understand what I'm saying, bro? Mm-hmm. It weakens you. Okay, my brothers and my sisters, you got it. We putting together another episode. It's January 30th, 2020. I'm back. Yeah, it's been a it's been a, it's been a, you know, a tough uh, situation out here in beautiful Los Angeles, California, due to the Kobe incident. 
May our brother rest in peace along with his beautiful daughter and the rest of the seven passengers that was on that helicopter. But today I want to talk about lifestyle. Lifestyle. Ooh, hiccup. Sorry about that. When you're dealing with lifestyle, my brothers and my sisters, you ask yourself, yourself, what type of lifestyle do you want? What type of lifestyle do you want? As you heard our brother, Dr. Claude Anderson in the opening, we just have to add brother Claude because brother Claude has so many insights on what's going on with the people, you just got to put him in there. Find a way to incorporate our brother, and I'm going to find a way to incorporate our brother. That was from uh, a continual message from the Breakfast Club interview back in December 2019. And lifestyle is a part of anything that we do nowadays. What is your lifestyle? Is your lifestyle the type of lifestyle that you're comfortable with? I'm looking for something for some reason. I can't find it. But how do you feel about your own lifestyle? Are you doing anything to improve your lifestyle? Are you doing anything to improve your children's lifestyle? A lot of times we're selfish and we only think about us, but we don't think about our kids. And the kids are the ones that's going to be taken over as we get older. As we get older and we start to retire. Sorry about that. I kind of stepped away from it. Oh, man. Yeah, you could tell us for Nails Real Talk because you, you can pretty much see there's uh, distractions. <laughs> but uh when you get right down to it as we get older and retire and move into other things what are we leaving for our kids and the future lifestyle that they're going to have because if you're not leaving your kids wisdom uh i don't know what you really can leave them you know, you can leave money, you can leave uh, property, you may even leave a business or whatever, but will they be able to maintain it without the proper knowledge in order to maintain whatever endeavor you decide to leave your children? We're running in perilous times, my brothers and my sisters. You know, our young people get into their mind that, well, I'm young and I'll take it from here when I get a when I feel like doing something. But that is not true. You you take uh, a look back in December at our young brother who was getting ready to start uh, Georgia Tech, our brother Bryce who was getting ready to start Georgia Tech a week before he killed himself. A situation of a lifestyle that led him pretty much into what happened to him. 
You take our sister, Destiny Harrison, who had been on the road to great entrepreneurship with her uh, her uh, hair salons, her website, her hair care products, and what happened? A sense of lifestyle took her out of here. But you say lifestyle, but we also say the lifestyle of the people who did in our sister, Destiny Harrison. Because that was a lifestyle that they were on that led to the demise of our sister. It's like whatever we do, we have to start loving each other. You know, I can say it a million times, but love is the key here. Because without love, where are we going? Can you be happy for your brother who's doing something? You may not be doing something at the uh, moment, but is it harsh for you to say, hey, brother, I'm happy. I'm proud of you. You know, I'm happy for you. Is it a problem just saying something nice to somebody? Uh, A simple word of encouragement? I know a lot of people need to be motivated. I'm not that person that needs to be motivated, but a lot of people are to be motivated. But what are we doing to one another? You know, you, we, we, you, sometimes we have to go back and forth and hit these points because it's these points that one day we'll understand and we'll look at and we'll say, maybe that boy was right or maybe that man was right. Or maybe Rennell is right. But we got to keep hitting on these key points. The key points you heard in the interview. Obama never came out and said he was a black president. He had a certain type of lifestyle that afforded him. Once he became president, it afforded him. He was in. He made it. He made it to the pinnacle of his success. of politics. You get no higher than the president of the United States. He made it. And not only did he make it once, he made it twice. He was elected in for his full eight years and he got it. Once you get in, all the promises, then again, if you go back and look at any of his his uh, his, his speeches during the uh, initial time of being voted in and all that kind of stuff. He never ever said he was a black president, but black folks for some reason took in mind that he's a black president. He was a black man, half black, but he's still a black man, regardless if you put half or whole, but he never said he was your president. He never said that. Black people had in their head, oh, man, oh, the first black president, he's going to do something for us. We're going to be able to compete. You have to compete yourself. And the sad thing is, there was a lifestyle he chose. And I I, I guess, you know, well-deserved, considering he did nothing for his, uh, his brothers and sisters. But then again, when you expect people to do something for you, they're not. 
It's like when you expect people to go out on a limb for you and do things for you just because they have some money now or they made a certain impact somewhere. If that's what you think, that's on you. Because no one has ever said that we're going to do something for black folks. People coming into this country, they're not here to be your allies. They're not here to help you. They're here to, def to basically jump on the bandwagon like everybody else has against black people. And that is to compete for that dollar of black man and black woman. That's all they're here for. But you have been told, you have been beaten, you have been threatened. Whatever other folks say, you need to comply in a good manner. You don't need to be angry. You just need to comply in a good way to the point where you love everybody. That's why you don't have anything. And that's why as long as you continue that attitude, you're never going to have anything. We could talk about this earth. For long as black man been on this earth. It's a shame that we don't have anything. You know, our brothers and sisters barely, if any of the little nations, countries, even run their own countries in Africa, the motherland. And that's a sad, that, I'm sorry, that's a sad shame. Because your former slave masters, oppressors, grandkids have taken away the uh, black man's ability to be able to help his people, to be able to reform his people, because they always pit us against one another. And then when they see you're coming together, they pitch you against everybody else or everybody else against you. Here's a little bit of lifestyle. I just wanted to give you this brief definition on lifestyle because basically this is all a lifestyle type of living that we all do, whether it be good, bad, or whatever. It's still a lifestyle and you choose it. You choose your own lifestyle. Lifestyle is the interests, opinions, behaviors, and behavior, behavioral orientation of an individual, group, or culture. The term was introduced by Australian psychiatrist Alfred Adler with the meaning of a person's basic character as established early in childhood. I'm going to say it again. Lifestyle is the interests, opinions, behaviors, and behavioral orientations of an individual group or culture. The term was introduced by Australian psychiatrist Alfred Adler with the meaning of a person's basic character 
as established early in childhood. Lifestyle. So it's like when you are doing something out there in this beautiful world we live in, you develop the culture and the lifestyle as to where you're taking it. You may have some type of influence from outside sources, or you may have influences from your own family, but you take it to the next level. Lifestyle. Black people electing our brother Barack Obama has afforded him and his family a beautiful lifestyle. He would have had a good lifestyle, but with him becoming president, he become he he had now he has a excellent beautiful lifestyle. He's going to be doing, I believe, uh, sometime this year. Him and his wife, his beautiful wife Michelle, they're going to be coming out with some projects with Netflix. I, I guess it's going to be more towards the documentary side of his projects. But hey, he's got to deal with Netflix. His wife has wrote an outstanding book, which I gave to my beautiful daughter for Christmas. So when, when you look at it, where is your lifestyle? Where are you taking your lifestyle? Are you satisfied with your lifestyle? Are you doing anything to enhance your lifestyle? See, sometimes, old or not, you have to go and you have to better yourself with a little bit of education. I'm not saying you got to go out there and go to school for four years. I'm saying you got to go out there and you got to pick up some type of knowledge on whatever subject. Hell, for you older ones, go and start look up day trading. My father, my uh, rest in peace father-in-law, was a day trader. He traded at night. He traded with uh, with Japanese over in Japan on that side because, you know, their market is different from ours. He traded over there. He was a night slash day trader and learning numbers, knowing your numbers, a big, big crucial thing that we all should do. We should all, if anything, Take some math classes and go back and learn the basics of your math. If you learn the basics and you master the basics, the rest will be easy because basically you don't need algebra. You don't need calculus. You don't need geometry, especially if you're going uh, to basically just learn basic mathematics for say you want to get off into Trading, you still need, you need to know your numbers. You need to know your numbers really well. But no one's saying you need to take all these other classes, you know, unless you go on to become an engineer. You might want to take it to be an engineer. See, we need more engineers. We need more mathematicians. We need more in that area, more so than we need uh, athletes and entertainers. Because athletes are very, 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 very small number that are actually getting really paid really well. Small number in the black community. Out of 40 plus million people, we are a very small number when it comes to mathematicians, doctors, lawyers. But in entertainment 
and that includes sports because it's still entertainment. We are a heavy group, but we're still not that big a group when it comes to the world itself. But as long as I keep you playing the ball, entertaining me, then basically that's all I want you for. I don't want you for your brain. I just want you to entertain me. Run the football. Shoot that hoop. I'm going to say a little something about our brother Kobe Bryant. Because, you know, I don't want to talk about our brother a lot. Because, you know, you go back and you think about such a sad, tragic, a tragedy that happened on Sunday. But I'm going to say this about that brother. That brother, a lot of people know and a lot of people don't know. Kobe spoke anywhere between four to five different language, languages. And he spoke fluently. He didn't just speak like, uh, my bad, know some words from this language, know some words. No, he spoke it fluently, meaning he understood if you were talking about him, he would know what you're talking about. He understood it and he spoke it. The brother took a $6 million investment with a company that he invested in and turned that $6 million investment into a two hundred million dollar investment he took a six million dollar investment and turned it into a 200 million dollar investment he took a hundred million dollar fund that him and his uh partner business partner i don't know the guy's name his business partner but you can all look this stuff up because it's it, it's not like it's uh something that's hit this out there he took a hundred million dollar fund that him and his partner started yeah he's a white guy and he turned that into a $2 billion fund. $100 million into $2 billion. Of course, you know he won a Grammy. You know he won an Oscar. And he won a, the other one for television. An Emmy. Kobe was on his way. I checked his uh, net worth. His net worth, according to Forbes magazine, was anywhere between $500 million to $770 million. That was our brother Kobe's net worth. Within another year or two, Kobe's net worth would have been easily into the billions. That comes from studying. Kobe studied. He read. He asked questions. Anything he wanted to know, he went for. He took that same Mamba mentality and he applied it towards business. And like my brother, Chris, Bruce, uh, Chris Bruchard, who does the uh, 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 analogy of NBA basketball games or analysis of NBA basketball games on uh, Undisputed. Sometimes he's on, uh, Fox, I believe he's on Fox. Uh, he has a Fox radio show him and uh, our brother Parker. And he said, I'm going to take that same mentality and ap apply that towards anything and everything I do. That Mamba mentality. With the Mamba mentality school, academy, that uh, Kobe started, where he was headed to for a game with his beautiful daughter and the rest of the seven passengers. That attitude is an attitude. If there's one thing that he passed on, 
That is one of the bigger things that he passed on. That and that attitude. You go for it. The Lakers postponed their basketball game on the 28th. Kobe probably wouldn't want them to postpone that game for him. He would have said, go for it. But you know what? At that particular time, it just was too soon. So I can understand why they postponed that game. But rest in peace, my brother. Our attitudes have to change. Our lifestyles have to change. We have to stop spending all our money with people who don't care nothing about us, but just want our money. We have to start investing our money in order for our money to grow in any endeavor we deal with. We have to start investing in. I've always taken stock that I knew products that I known that I use. And that's how I pretty much got started. I was always told that back in the day, if you don't know something, and you want to start investing in stock, look at what you have in your closet, look at what you eat, and invest in that. And that's what I pretty much uh, base everything as far as my portfolio goes on things that I do, I eat, and I wear. And that's what you have to do when you're starting out until you can understand because there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs when it comes to stock. But you have to be able to uh, have some type of knowledge on it because the world is based on that uh, stock. Stock is just a perception. It ain't something that people really, really know. It's a perception because it goes up and it goes down. You can do a coin flip and pick some stock, but it's best to know about that stock, whether it's a perception or not. But my brothers and my sisters, if you're not taking the time to really embody who you are, your lifestyle, the things that you want to do in life, is somebody else supposed to do that for you? You have to embody who you are. You know, I know a lot of people come up with a, a lot of different sayings. Oh, man, you know, uh, uh, you know, the world is round. <laughs> And, you know, you know, uh, you should do this. You should do that. Well, it's easy to post that same. But once you get on the mic and you put it out there yourself. A lot of people want to act like they want to help you, but they want to keep their stuff to them. They want to keep them stuffs by uh, initiating some type of saying through somebody else instead of actually posting it themselves. If more black people got on these chats uh, Instagram, Facebooks, uh, Twitters, Snapchat, and said more positive things to the point where I can see your face instead of seeing some message that's posted, you know, you would have a bigger, bigger e equation with helping black folks. Because we have to always talk about black folks because we are we're almost a non-existent type of deal. People don't deal with you. They deal with you for one reason, for your money. And that's why they deal with you. You may have some white folks in your family. You may have some white folks as your friend. But if they're your real friends, then you're, you're good. Especially if they're people that will stand by you no matter what. And I mean no matter what. But if they're just there 
just to say a token, you're my friend. But if something happened, they jump on another bandwagon and run off. Then basically, they really wasn't your friends. A lot of people don't know. I have a half white sister. And she acts funky. And I haven't seen her since our father's uh, funeral. But then again, the hell with her. You know, I'm not going to kiss this broad's ass. I never was. Excuse the language. You know. So I, I, I do have white people in my family. And I'm not a racist just because I speak strong on certain topics. But a lot of people, when you're small minded, you're going to always assume the worst about me or anybody else who speaks their mind. When a black man has an opinion, he's arrogant. When a white man has an opinion, he's brilliant. You do the math. I'm an arrogant black man as to opposed to a brilliant white man with the same damn opinion. You take it from where you want to take it. But my brothers and sisters, I'm feeling much better than I was on Monday. No, actually, that was Sunday when I put out that about our dear brother. But I just wanted to drop lifestyle because lifestyle, if you don't change your lifestyle, if you don't improve your lifestyle, because we as a group, we must make some type of improvement, some types of changes in order to make our lifestyle better. And the one thing that will make your lifestyle even better or even greater is if you take the money that you make, the money, and put it towards helping your family Put it towards helping your people. Start buying and helping uh, black businesses. Because where are we going to go without our own business? We are going to be continually begging for some type of job. The only jobs that you shouldn't have to really beg for, but you're competing are city and state jobs. But nowadays, if you don't know somebody, I don't care what kind of score you get. I don't care what you know. I don't care how many tests you pass. You may get the job, but it's going to take you longer to get the job. Because if you don't know somebody that's going to actually help you, you're going to be in trouble. But you still may get it. But here's a little uh, story. And I'm, I'm I, this is the significance of owning your own business. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to close it out. Back in the 90s. No, the early, yeah, back in the early 2000s. After we moved from the city to the valley, my daughter was of age to get a job. So, the this was in the uh, valley, San Fernando Valley. So, she would go to the Ralph's down the street from our house, you know, to get an application because they were always hiring. But this is the message that they would give my child, my child. We're hiring, but we don't have any applications. Now, this would come from, you know, the person you would ask, assistant manager, manager. 
but they didn't look like her. We're hiring, but we don't have any applications. Okay, maybe one time, two times, the same thing. Third time, she just happened to be in the store with her mother. So her mother went and asked the question. And then the next thing you know, well, we're hiring, but we don't have any applications. So what her mother did was, how true it is, I don't know, but I guess it, it well, anyway, it worked. She said, well, you know what? Then how come you give an application to that person? But you said you don't have any applications. So what she did was she caught them in a lie. So her and my daughter left the store. When they told me, I told my daughter, you've been introduced into prejudice and racism. Not because it's your fault, because it's not. Because you have small-minded, ignorant people that work in that store. So, my daughter's first job came with some friends of ours who had their own business. Black-owned business. I'm going to give them a plug. Executive on the go in the uh, San Fernando Valley. That's where she got her first job. Working with some people that we knew who had their own businesses. I say this to say everything else. That's why we need our own. Because no matter, even in these grocery stores, they still, whoever runs them, they still have their favorites. And a lot of times you're not their favorite. My brother and my sisters, this is your brother saying, it's good to be back. Have a great weekend. I really don't give a shit about the Super Bowl. So, in one sense, I live in California. So, I would like the 49ers to win, but I can't stand the 49ers because I'm a Raider fan. Two, I would like for the brother, the black quarterback to win, even though he's half and half. I still like for the black quarterback to win. But in essence, I can give a damn about the Super Bowl because chances are I won't even watch it. Peace, my brothers and sisters. Enjoy your day. Stay strong. And take care.